Pressure record now. Yep, cool. Um, um, so I've got so, two bits to put in I've realised I should have done. Um, oh, right. So I was, I was looking at the South London Makerspace section and I was thinking, ah, oh, uh, uh, we should probably get rid of that. I don't have anything to talk about. And then I realised we do have something to talk about. Um, last week, uh, we raised £20,000 from the Greater London Authority. Ooh. So, yeah, that's something we can talk about. Um, well, I was, I was going to, to be honest with you, I was going to rag your ass about that because I was going to say, trying to get you to talk on this show about the South London Makerspace is like trying to get blood out of a stone. <laughs> yet, you, yet you go on another show and you chirp like a fucking canary. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, How's that work? <laughs> well, yeah, it's about getting a word in edgeways, isn't it? <laughs> well, uh, you get your word in edgeways quite a lot these days, I hasten to add, young man. That section is your section. Are you sitting comfortably? Then I'll begin. to episode 89 of the Dictopian Roadshow. My name is Pete, and I tried to burn myself today. <laughs> My name is Matt, and I got drunk with moggers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> did, did, did he have his wicked way with you? No, I, I didn't let him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so, so moggers um, has got a new job lately with a company called Potato, who do, like, uh, consultancy-type stuff with um, Python and Django do a lot of open source they're quite cool um, and so and he's like yeah on Friday nights people just come around and drink our beer and eat pizza so that's what I did <laughs> fair play <laughs> I think I would have done too if I'd have uh, been down there so yeah. it's, an ex- it's an experience getting drunk with muggers Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's, he's he's good fun, and then he gets really pissed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. It, actually, he's more fun when he's pissed. To be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we've got a uh, an interesting email from him coming up later. Um, yes, which he wrote while he was pissed. Which he wrote while he was pissed on the one I wasn't <laughs> there. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I've re- I read it and then I read it again and I read it again, and I'm hoping on the fourth reading it, it becomes clearer. Yeah. He, he was he was clearly pissed. Yeah. Well, well, you managed to summarise it, so maybe maybe it will come good. <laughs> so 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 your roast came with uh, pubes and all when it arrived at the dinner table, did it then? No, no. Uh, fortunately, fortunately, the 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 roast lamb shot out the oven at breakneck speed, hurtled across the kitchen floor, uh, <laughs> spewing juices and everything everywhere. Um, and 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 I was stood there holding a tray of of bubbling roast potatoes and thinking, what the f- <laughs> what There's happened here? What? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, how did I? I just I still. Even, you know, whatever it is, four or five hours on. Um, well, it's actually more than that. It's about eight hours on thinking about it because we, we, we ate dinner at 12 early today. Um, but um, 
I still can't fathom out how it happened. I really cannot fathom out how it happened. It, maybe, I suppose, maybe, I don't know, maybe the meat was touching the bottom of the, the roast potato tray and in pulling it, it pulled it out. I don't know, but it like... I just I took out the roast potatoes and uh, suddenly the lamb shot out the oven at breakneck <laughs> speed. It was like, and, and the whoa. Dog, and the dog suddenly looked very excited. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, the thing was, I mean, obviously, you know, because uh, obviously uh, dog's sense of smell is about 3,000 times better than ours. And, and Archie came out in the kitchen and he went, whoa, Dad's had a lamb floor installed. <laughs> <laughs> and proceeded to start, after I'd cleaned up, I hasten to add, um, it just proceeded to start to lick the floor uh, profusely. Um, <laughs> you know, and it was sort of like, you know, please don't do that, dog. It, it doesn't look very nice, you know. Did, did you give the lamb for the dog to clean off as well? You know, just get all the, the, uh, the, the crumbs yeah. off and then, then put it back yeah, in the oven. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, particularly that piece that I saved for you. Ah, oh, thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't worry about the the uh, the hairy bits on it, Matt. That's just a bit of stubble. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, it wasn't it wasn't a great success. We it was the first time we've had shank. Um, oh right. You know, and uh, it it wasn't a great success. We're going back to a proper leg of lamb. Right. I think. Very good. Uh, yeah, he tasted. He tasted like a duck to us. It was a bit <laughs> greasy and a bit and a bit tough. Maybe it was mutton. Maybe they Could fobbed be. us off. Not, maybe they fobbed us off with a bit of mutton. You just have to cook it well. Very nice. Yeah, but yeah, maybe they fobbed us off with a bit of mutton. Some countries don't eat a lot of lamb. I can't remember where it is. I think it's maybe in the US that they don't really eat lamb. They right. It's like something that you just don't eat. But in Europe, I, I know the French do, of course, and the Germans do, and we do. But, they eat os. Well, yeah. Well, so did we for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Um, but yeah, I think in America, the, the lamb is kind of considered a bit of a weird thing to eat. I, yeah, but it's one of the one of my favourite meats, definitely. And mine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, you can afford lamb more than I can. Um, <laughs> Not you see the price of our butchers. <laughs> I tell you what, lamb is really. What's I don't know. Well, we, 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 let's not go down that path. We need to go into the uh, the the meat podcast then, discussing the price <laughs> of very price of <laughs> yeah price of lamb. But yeah, it's uh, yeah lamb has definitely uh, these days has turned into a a treat meat. Where many moons ago it used to be a treat if you had pheasant. These days it's a treat if you have lamb. Yeah, um, but. There you go. Yeah, so I'm also very concerned that I have a cat in the room, so he may have an uninvited guest at some point during the show. I'm not not too sure. She may sleep all the way through, but I may end up irritating her for some reason, and she may come and join me. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that uh, progresses. Does she does she me does she meow at all? She's very noisy, but she's looking quite sleepy at the moment. So not, she won't at the moment, but if she wants attention, she definitely will. <laughs> It sounds like some people I know that does. <laughs> <laughs> they make a raft, they want a bit of attention. <laughs> Should we get on with the show? Yeah, let's do that. Most confident man in the world I 
So, you put this first one in. I think I put most of them in, didn't I? Uh, you put all of them in. Yeah. So, uh, this is one I looked up recently. I, I was kind of studying stuff about how to transfer audio across the internet. And I just kind of bumped into this article. Um, and it's about uh, the BBC. So, they, they have their online radio service, of course, streaming audio, streaming video um, for, for their TV. And they used to use uh, WMA. We used to have a WMA feed, the Windows Media feed. And basically, they've given up that because it was too expensive and they've gone for something what is known as MPEG Dash, which is kind of how YouTube works. Uh, and it's like an open standard, so hmm. um, which is great. So the BBC have dropped a proprietary expensive uh, license, codec license, and they're using an open standard for transferring video and audio in the future, which is pretty awesome. It is the only the only problem I have with the BBC is they're they're a bit like Dell um, in respect that one minute they'll use something <laughs> free and open and the next minute they, they go back to their bad old ways again. Mm. I seem to remember them being very uh, open and welcoming to get iPlayer, and then yeah. all of us and then all of a sudden they decided, no, nah, actually no, we're not happy with that and. Uh, Changing loads of parameters, which basically killed the project. Well, it didn't kill the project dead in order. I was about no. to say that, but but the, the the developer said, "Stuff it! I'm not faffing about anymore with this." Um, and he stopped developing. But I think uh, some other people took it took it up. I mean, Get iPlayer is still around and still works very well. It does work very um, well. But the, even more recently than the the, the first iteration um, that uh, BBC dropped their iPlayer RSS feeds so it was no longer mm. possible to download the R an RSS feed through Get mm. iPlayer and so you could automatically search and find the show that you wanted to download uh, mm. for me that's not a major issue because you then just use iPlayer's um, uh, you know um, it's, uh, you know the, the, the web page the, the main web interface for yeah. finding shows and then you just use the URL into Get iPlayer and it downloads it fine yes. Uh, That's how I used to do yeah, it. Yeah, the, the only issue now is that you can't obviously grep your uh, the the BBC feeds, which were really useful. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, something. I mean, of course, you see the only the only the only ball ache of doing it that way is effectively you've you've got to use uh, two two applications to to get a, a program. So effectively, yeah. you've got to you know you've got to use your browser and yeah. and, and go on the site and find it, which. In all fairness, you could you could say, oh well, I might as well watch it online. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, so, rather than and then copying it, put it in iPlayer and download it. Yeah. Okay, to watch later on. I understand that, but um, you know, it just seems it just seems such a shame that uh, you know you, you're having to do it such a long-winded way yeah. for whatever. I suppose for the for the benefit of being able to say, well, I did download this. We get iPlayer. Yeah, so I, the, the real problems occur with uh, automated downloaders. So if you have Get iPlayer integrated into like Myth TV, you know, uh, so you know, you're, you're controlling your mm. um, your TV through a remote control and it's running a Linux box and it's got Get iPlayer configured to work with that. Is that Get iPlayer previously would allow you to download all the feeds and then you could search through it and it would just download it for you and you could start watching it straight away. Now obviously you're going to have to download. The, the file separately and transfer it onto something that your Myth TV box can access, mm. which kind of like well, it, when it was automated, would mean mean that it was possible to more easily stay within the bounds of the Get iPlayer 
or the BBC's um, sort of requirement that you had to download the file and then delete it after 30 days. Um, mm. And without now it's no longer automatable, then they've actually made it harder for people to be able to stay within the bounds that the BBC require um, us to do, which seems really weird. <laughs> it's kind of mm. like, yeah, they, they've made it harder because they wanted people to perhaps use it less but also they've made it more difficult to stay within the realms of the system, the bounds of the system. So I'm, I'm not sure that's really a, like a win for them. No. <laughs> it, it really but, does um, seem like a win. But full, full marks to them for... Uh, yeah, the for... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, full marks to them for uh, making the change in any case. Yeah, well, the BBC are doing a lot of like new development stuff at the moment. Uh, yeah, following on from this article, they then had something about... Um, doing a uh okay, keeping an eye on a cat because she wants to go out um doing a uh like a 5.1 audio stream so obviously most audio streams are two two channel and bbc mm. through the web was actually able to do um a, a five channel stream uh, which is really useful right. for like classical music and things so you can mm. actually get kind of a proper surround sound experience mm. um, which i th which was pretty cool um so yeah i mean the bbc are doing lots of interesting things at the moment and i think it's generally for the positive generally for the open so mm. I, I think it will probably be a positive thing the well they've got not, they've not got a lot of choice in as um, if the tories do win they're going to lose their license fee <laughs> yeah well yeah we'll have to see yeah So sadly, uh, we lost some of the show after this point. Um, I think it was my fault. I think my sound just died for some reason. Maybe I didn't have a plug pushed in properly or I, I don't know what the hell went on. Um, so you missed out on quite a lot of good stuff, to be honest with you. Uh, what we covered next was the um, fact that uh, Lenovo had been putting um, in effect some bits of, well, they put a security vulnerability on simply so that they could uh, do some advertising. Uh, we also covered Linus Torvald's announcement regarding Linux 4.0. That was a really interesting discussion. You would have enjoyed that. Um, we uh, we also uh, covered the piece about Mark Shuttleworth um, doing his apology for uh, <laughs> doing his apology doing his apology for um, bringing unity to uh, the rest of us. Um, he didn't apologise actually. He the article was headlined that uh, it was a mistake five years ago. I don't think that was quite right. Or, or Well, I think it's right. I think what he was actually saying was five years ago, the way he implemented it, um, and it was a bit advanced for back then, but now he, he sort of accepts, well, although uh, I don't think it is, but there you go. <laughs> um, what's next, Matt? Feedback. Feedback. <laughs> 
So as I said earlier, um, because unfortunately uh, I haven't got Matt and we lost our recording, I'm going to have to do the emails myself. It's not going to work too well, but hey, we'll we'll try anyway. Off we go. So the first one is from Beezer, uh, a.k.a. Nigel Verity, by the looks of this. Uh, the subject line is Raspberry Pi, which relates obviously to what we were discussing on episode 88. And it says, I thought you made some good points about how the Raspberry Pi has evolved beyond its original brief. That's not surprising given its popularity, and I don't really have a problem with that. After all, your caveman came up with the idea of rolling heavy loads on logs, and that solved their problem. But it's a good job they didn't stop at that, or we might not have the wheel. Mind you, if they had a stop to that, we wouldn't have them fecking cyclists. <laughs> uh, with the pie, it's not really how much computing power you get for your money, it's how much you get for your 25 quid. If I got three times the power for 50 quid, I'd have a better power to price ratio. But when I break the device, I'm 50 quid down instead of 25. When you're experimenting, that's an important factor. Now that the Pi 2 has enough power to run LibreOffice, mm, yeah, is that usable though, uh, at a usable speed, uh, mm, I beg to differ, you have a computer you can carry in your pocket and use anywhere there is a keyboard and screen. That point may not be lost on Canonical when considering how far short their phone falls from his original goal. Um, what I want to insert here, of course, is Matt and I then went on to have a bit of a discussion about this, and um, I had to sort of eat humble pie and agree with Matt's premise that um, you should, in actual fact, be able to use your mobile phone as a computer, so long as you plugged in a screen, keyboard and mouse. Uh, I, I, I still disagree that you can actually do anything of any value on your mobile phone itself. So uh, it looks like uh, Misery Guts Pete is uh, changing his view in any case. Moving on. Uh, the next up is uh, from Nick. Uh, Nick is basically the Aussie guy that accosted me uh, while on my massive jaunt at Og Camp last year, uh, and in actual fact, the title of his email is The Aussie Bastard from Og Camp. And uh, he starts off greeting Turpins. I think that should have been greetings, but never mind. It's that Aussie guy who stalks strangers walking to Og Camp. Yeah, and there was nobody more strange than you, my friend. In what is a coincidental timing, it appears that a mate and I have started a new Linux techie podcast thing around the time some others have died. Yeah, trying to muscle in uh, are you, on, on, the, um, on the lost listeners that we're trying to hoover up. <laughs> uh, far be it for us to try and compete at Wigather, because he's put W-I-G... He put W-G-I-T-H, I hasten to add. <laughs> uh, try and compete with the Turpin bus, though, because that just is just pos not possible. No, it's not. I'd have thought I'd I thought I'd ask you to put the word out for us. I don't care if it's from the kindness of your hearts or from the utter gall of asking in the first place. You lambaster us with abuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, prob probably that well, he's put prob, but anyway, prob the latter. It's what us convicts expect. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, as I write this one episode is up and as I write this one, ep 
He's, I tell you what, some people. Anyhow, as I write this, comma, one episode is up and ready. It, although there wasn't a comma there I hasten to add. By the time your next adventure comes to light, our second bite be up also. I think by the time this episode comes out, you'll probably be on your third, to be honest. <laughs> System AU is another podcast with two blokes, Dan and Nick, pontificating about Linux. The prime difference with System AU is sometimes we'll talk about what the Australia tech industry is doing to screw us over or prop us up, as opposed to as opposed the main similarities are giving shit to the Ubuntu phone. Um, it then says, uh, it gives the URL, which I'll put in the show notes. Go on, plug us, I dare you, Nick the Aussie bastard. <laughs> well, uh, you have had uh, a plug. To be honest with you, my favourite part of your show, and I have listened to your first episode, I hasten to add, uh, my favourite is your is your tagline, which uh, I, I, I will hate you to the grave for. Um, you've got come up with one of the best taglines I've ever heard from a, a Linux podcast, uh, namely, um, what is it, System AU bringing you the news you saw on Reddit a week ago. I think it's absolutely phenomenal, and it's so true of all podcasts these days. We're, you know, most of us are at least a week behind with the news. So uh, yeah, you, you've, you've hit the nail on the head there, my friend. Yeah, fuck off. <laughs> uh, next up is uh ah this is from um <laughs> friend of the show and good friend of matt and ein ein well i've turned german for some reason <laughs> good friend of mine and matt i should say uh it's from moggers better known as matt molyneux to the police um and he was clearly absolutely drunk when he wrote this uh and it's subject lined g and u and money and it starts off i'm drink so no insult <laughs> What a great start. I'm listening to Ep 88, and I hearing Matt ask why GNU don't put out some money to get the GPG project. Blimey, he was pissed. Fuck me. They have so little money, they asked me, in bold, to help migrate their audio video site to Media Goblin. I did half a job, and Dave Thompson was over the moon with what I'd done. There is so much that the GNU do and maintain for us. Some projects fall through the cracks. Slight change of subject. Don't you think fingerprints and it's put prints as in as in like a royal prince. <laughs> Don't you think fingerprints look weird? Lol. Fingerprints. I think he meant fingerprints by the way but clearly he was pissed. Um, and, and that's the end of it. It just says Muggers 87. Um, so, Muggers, uh, go home, you're drunk, is all I can say. Um, yeah, good point you raised there, mate. And I agree. Yeah, we, we should all donate more money to more projects instead of uh, adopting this attitude of, well, it's free. It did cost me a single penny. There is always a cost involved in this stuff. Um, so, there you go. <laughs> Uh, feedback details then. Our website <laughs> is tdtrs.co.uk. Our email is show at tdtrs.co.uk or you can use our web form. Uh, you can join us in our IRC channel, which is on Freenode. Uh, the channel is uh, hash tdtrs. 
We also have our Twitter handle, which is at TDTRSpod. You can also join our page on G+, that's the TDTRS page, and it is, uh, page is google.com forward slash plus TDTRS co UK. Nice and memorable. Yeah. Uh, and don't forget about our Continental Breakfast Club, where you can submit photos of your breakfast, and Thomas Heen will be very pleased with you. Yeah, you can buy our crap on Casper's if you like. Uh, I don't think anybody does. Um, <laughs> it's it's there if you want to have a go. If not, fuck it. <laughs> and we also have our flatter and PayPal. I would also like to say thanks to Keith Milner for his sterling work on uh, making us sound less shit than we probably do sound. Yes, yeah, um, thank you very much to him. Uh, he does um, sterling work. He certainly does, he certainly <laughs> does. I don't know. Uh, well, short show, which is good. Yeah. Well, all that leads for me to say then is thank you very much for listening to the Dick Turpin Road Show, and it's goodbye from him. It's goodbye from him. And it's goodbye from us. Goodbye. Goodbye.